Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Praise God. Wouldn't you like to be in some of those Bible scenarios, right? Stay here for one moment. Amen. You read through the Word of God and you say, wouldn't it be great to be there? What about the pool of Bethesda? All the people laying there just waiting for the stirring of the waters. Waiting for the angel to come. Amen. And then all you got to do is get in. If you just get in, God will make you whole. You know, Jesus, he's talking about the spirit in John chapter 7. He likens it to living water. The spirit is likened unto water in the New Testament. Uh, I want to let you know that the angels uh, are nothing more than just a messenger of God. Amen. Uh, When Brian or whomever is up here leading songs, uh, they are a messenger that are stirring the waters. Amen. Uh, And when the Spirit uh, begins to move, uh, when the messenger, uh, the preacher is up here and he begins to stir the waters, uh, I want you to know uh, that if you'll just step out, uh, amen, if you just move out of the pew uh, and get out of your comfort zone, God can make uh, any situation whole in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got something better than the pool of Bethesda. We've got the Holy Ghost uh, moving in our service uh, when we call on the name of Jesus. Uh, Praise God. Let's sing it again one more time. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Reach out. Whatever it is that you need right now, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you need a healing, why don't you let me in the man of God, the pastor. Pray your way and touch me again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me.
come into the presence of the Lord. Amen. I tell you what. And we're blessed to have each and every one of you. Amen. It just wouldn't be the same if you weren't here today. Amen. I mean that. It wouldn't be the same. Praise God. It's good to see Sister Smith. Amen. I tell you what. Uh, I've got a lot of kids, so I know some of them have to do with how you raised them, and some it's just in their genetics. So I don't know. I'm saying it's probably how you raised him, but you got a great son there. Amen. And, I, and I'm believing, praise God, that those little boys are going to be even greater. Amen. Praise God. Isn't that, the, isn't that the hope of a father? Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, those second generations, sometimes they get a little... You know, they're not the ones that started. They're not the Abraham. They're not the one that came out. Well, you go and you look at Isaac. And he dug the same wells his father dug. And then he went on to dig new wells. And he never ran. He never had to go into Egypt. Amen. And I'm thankful for those second and third generation Christians that say, I'm never going into Egypt. <laughs> I don't want to taste what the world has to offer. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I appreciate those people who are raised on church pews. Hallelujah. And decide, I'm not going to live for the world, but I'm going to live for God. Amen. Hallelujah. As much as I love those first generation Christians, if you take a look, not just in the United Pentecostal Church, but in any of these Jesus' name apostolic movements, it's not the first generation ones that are running the shows at the top level. It's second and third, fourth generation that are running the... How many years has Bernard, his family, been serving the Lord? You think about that for a moment. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. Didn't the worship team do a great job? Amen. Praise the Lord. 
My wife looks like a nutcracker because she's going to the nutcracker right after this. So anyway, she's going to the nutcracker. Amen. That's pretty fun going to that. I've been a few times. Did you get me tickets? Am I going? Just the girls. All right. That's all right. That means there's other times when it's just her and I, and I like that too. So anyway, this means that when I get home, I'm planning on kicking back in the study and taking a nap. <laughs> that is going to be great. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, I tell you what, I'm excited about this. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, <clears throat> I already used my first point of my message this morning on uh, when I came up here. It was like, oh, man, that's really what I'm preaching on. So I just thought I'll just keep them up here and throw that on. But I'm going to read. If you'd like to stand, you could. I just had you sit down, but it's in found in John chapter 5. I'm going to read the first nine verses. I'm going to read it in the New King James, just simply because uh, I think it reads a little clearer and easier. I looked at some other translations, but I decided to go with this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep's gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whosoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well, the King James says made whole. I like that word better, whole, right? Made whole. <clears throat> was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Is there anybody here that's 38 years old? 38, could you imagine if you were crippled for all 38 years of your life or if you had some blindness that you were dealing with all 38 years of your life? It's a long time. 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The King James says, do you want to be made whole? This says, do you want to be made well? <clears throat> the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately, whoo, immediately. Don't you wish, like, you go to the doctor, 
they give you some medication, and you're like, this ain't doing anything. No, when you're dealing with Jesus, it can be immediately. And immediately, the man was made whole. This translation says, well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to preach here just for a little bit this morning on the miracle of Bethesda. On the miracle of Bethesda. Would you help me? Amen. Go to the Lord right now. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. God, we appreciate what you've done already here, oh Lord God. How you came and stirred up this congregation, Lord Jesus. How you touched us and blessed us, Lord God. Amen. I just ask, God, that you would allow this message to come forward, amen, in the right spirit, Lord God, that I would heed, Lord Jesus, to you, Lord God, and that there would faith that would go forth and understanding would be opened. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise God. I got to get with it. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I, let me go back and, and state that point one more time. They were waiting for a moving of the water. And, and I, I was, as I was sitting there and I really felt in the spirit uh, that there was a great way to present that to the church that way. But I want you to be mindful of that when we're in, amen, the service of God, uh, that when the messenger is up and he's stirring that spirit, amen, you can reach out and you can believe God for a healing. When they're worshiping and singing like that, reach out and trust God and say, oh God, I know you can make my situation whole. I know you can make things afresh and new in my life. Amen. <clears throat> Even during the preaching, Sometimes we think we got to save it uh, for the altar call. Uh, but I want you to know that when the man of God, uh, when the minister is up here, uh, amen, the messenger is stirring the spirit uh, and you start to feel it, uh, amen, uh, you can reach out uh, and God uh, can do the miraculous uh, right in the middle. Uh, amen. The Bible says, uh, while Peter yet preached unto them, uh, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they all began to speak in tongues. Amen. Praise God. I remember when I received the Holy Ghost, I had repented on a Sunday night, and we were at church on Tuesday. And I had fasted from Sunday, Monday to Tuesday. God, when I come out of that water, I'd never seen anybody get the Holy Ghost, but I read about it in the Bible, and I knew that God was no respecter of persons. And then when I came out of that water baptized in Jesus' name, since I had repented of my sins, God was going to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. There was no doubt in my mind when I walked into that church on that Tuesday night. When I came out of that water, I was going to receive the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues. Amen. God was going to change a juvenile delinquent, not just for a day, not just for a week or a month. Amen. Not even for a year, but he was going to change a young lost man for all 
all of his life. Praise God. There was no doubt. Amen. But it didn't quite happen that way. You see, because when the minister, when the messenger was up stirring the waters, amen, I was sitting in like the third or second row, and all of a sudden, I stood up. And when I stood up, I started to receive the Holy Ghost while the minister was preaching the Word of God. Amen. I don't know if he stopped because he saw me, amen, shaking underneath there. And all of a sudden, praise God, the next thing you know, I'm down at the altar. And it wasn't too much longer that I was laying on my back speaking. I don't know Chinese or whatever, but it wasn't English. Praise God. Hallelujah. Trust me, he's not going to mind. If while he's preaching his guts out, if somebody stands up and starts shaking under the power of God, amen, hallelujah, and all of a sudden we got to stop and start laying hands and the fire starts to spread, he's not going to mind it, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish they weren't practicing for that play today. It's all right. Amen. I want my, I mean, I kids in here, but that's all right. Amen. They'll be blessed another time. All right, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. What jumps out at me as I read this is this. This is the in John's uh, gospel. Uh, he has the first miracle of the water turning into wine. Uh, and then in chapter 4 is the second mural, miracle. And this is when the nobleman, he comes to Jesus and he says, I've got a child that's ready to die. Uh, amen. Somebody is seeking after the Lord. But here we are in John chapter 5 uh, and it's the first time. Uh, you see, just the day before, it was somebody seeking Jesus uh, for a healing. Uh, but this this is the first time that we find Jesus seeking somebody that needs a healing. Amen. Aren't you glad that God is able to heal in both situations? The time in John chapter 4 when you know you need a touch from God and you can go to him and say, God, I need you. I got to have you move in my life. Amen. I got to get to church today. Oh, I believe it, God. You're going to touch me in a way to give me a new life. Life and a new hope today. But there are other times. You're running, you're busy, and you think, you know, I got to get to church. I got to make sure Sister Kathleen marks me present. Right? Got to get there. And you're not even thinking, potentially, that. You're going to get something miraculous out of the service. That man had been there 38 years. Do you think he thought that uh, I'm going to get a chance to get in there? No, I want you to know he was defeated. 38 years. 38 years. But the Lord was looking for him. Woo! 
sometimes we come in and we don't know it. We're about ready to have our life changed. Our situation is going to be made new. We don't even have a clue that Jesus is just standing there waiting. He's looking for me as I walk in the door. My mind isn't on him, but his mind is on me. And he says, oh, Jeff, I'm going to mix things up in your life today. You don't even know it, but you're going to walk out of here a new man. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? That's how the Lord is. Uh, amen. When Kelly comes in here this morning, I'm going to grab him and shake him and stir him up. Praise God. Hallelujah. He doesn't need stirred up. He's always stirred up. Amen. Praise God. Great lesson this morning, Brother Kelly. I tell you, I love his uh, Sunday school teaching. Hallelujah. And you that are new to teaching, look, sometimes you see, you see the pastor, you see Brother Kelly. They didn't start that way. They weren't very good when you first start. Kelly's done it a whole bunch of times. Knows how to teach. He's been faithful. He's got a lot of lessons in life he can pass on. Amen. Pastor tells about how he had no confidence at all to teach. And Steve Smith said, no, you're teaching that adult Sunday school class. Amen. Was he the same man? Yes, he was the same man as far as his commitment to God and love for God. Did he have the ability, the confidence, and the talent to trust God to speak through him? Not at that time. Not like he does now. So the first time you get up and you teach a lesson, don't worry. It'll get better. Amen. Can you say amen, Brother Kelly? <laughs> Praise God. But it's the first time we find him coming and looking for somebody Aren't you glad in Hebrews chapter 4 and 15 it tells us that we have a high priest, a Savior, who is touched, amen, by, by our infirmities. He does care how we feel. He does care what we're going through, amen. And you see, he went in there and he knew at that pool that there hadn't been anybody sitting there longer than him. This was the one man who had been there and whose spirit was just, just crushed. Amen. There was no hope left in him. He was the one who needed more of a touch of God than anybody there. And because of that, I don't think it was a coincidence. God knew exactly the situation that he was in. And you see, We've got a God, we've got a Savior who knows what you're going through. He feels it, and he's right there. And when you come in to the house of the Lord, he's here, amen, to minister and to help and to make whole in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe it. Thank you, Lord. You know, Jesus... He comes to the man and he asks him the million dollar question. Will you be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Now, why would he say that? Not everybody that comes into the presence of the Lord 
wants to be changed. How many times have I brought people in wanting it more, I think, for them than they want it for themselves? I think, oh, if you could just know how great it is, amen, to be living for God and to have God on your side and to have God bless you in your life, amen. And so when you have challenges of this world, you've got a Savior. You've got, a, you've got somebody that you can go to. It's not a bottle of Jim Bean. It's not a pack of cigarettes. It's not a marijuana a pipe or something like that, amen. But what we've got is so much better than what the world has to offer but so many times they say I'm sorry Jesus I don't really want you right now maybe a little later but right now I don't think so you see everybody has to answer that question with the Lord do you want to be made whole do you remember when you said you wanted to be made whole hallelujah amen Soon, do you want to be made whole? Praise God. Sometimes I think I have made mistakes in that when I look at this conversation, I don't think this man knew who he was talking to. I don't think this man knew that he was the Savior of the world. I don't think this man knew anything about the nobleman the day before. Or just two days before the water turning into wine. I don't think he had any idea. Jesus took him and made him whole at his level of understanding. You know, I used to think that I had to get people where they could understand the Godhead. <laughs> who Jesus is. You know, but this teaches me something here. If I can just get them to the house of the Lord, even if their understanding is remedial, even if their understanding, I think, isn't nothing at all, I want you to know that God is not limited by somebody's un uh, understanding, amen, but he can do the miraculous at any time. If we just get them into the house of the Lord and let God, amen, move, hallelujah, we don't know what the Lord can do. Yeah, maybe they haven't had a Bible study. Maybe they don't have the revelation of the power and the authority of Jesus' name. Amen. But God is able to do the miraculous in somebody's life that doesn't even know where they're at or who they're in the company with. This man didn't even know that he was in the presence of God Almighty robed in flesh. We invite people and they think they're just coming to church, been to church. They have no idea when they walk in through these doors what they're going to feel. Amen. What they're going to hear. Praise God. He had no idea. There's a little bit of controversy that's around. Usually controversy in the scripture has to do with interpretation of a word. And 
and there is that in this. There's a lot of layers to what's going on here. Excuse me. There's a little bit of debate if whether or not Bethesda is the name of the pool where they were. Some of the newer translations have a different word. It's close to Bethesda. And it comes from an, Ara an older Aramaic word. So the Bible, the Old Testament, there are manuscripts that have been put together and translated into English. <coughs> so we got Hebrew manuscripts, we got Greek manuscripts, and Aramaic manuscripts of the New Testament. Hebrew of the Old Testament and Greek and Aramaic of the New Testament. And if you take this Aramaic word, which is close to Bethesda, it means something a little different. It means the house of flowing water. Woo. Does anybody, if when we read that in your Bible, did you have a different word other than Bethesda? You might have had that if you're reading a different translation. Amen. The house of flowing water. I'll take it. If that is the actual meaning, I'll take it. The house of flowing water. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> when you come into the church, <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> it's the house <laughs> where the spirit <laughs> is moving. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's not a stagnant body of water <laughs> where mosquitoes come from. <laughs> and it's just decay and death. <laughs> but it's alive, living water. <laughs> Amen. It's the house <laughs> where the water, where the spirit is moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where life comes forth. <laughs> If you want to say, Brother Woods, Bethesda's not the name of it, I'll say I agree. It's the house, the church of the living water. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's right here, right now. Amen. But if you want to stick with the traditional, historical Bethesda in the Aramaic, that word can mean disgrace. Whew. Disgrace. Disgrace. Could that be correct? I want you to know when the children of Israel walked 40 years, right? When they walked 40 years in the wilderness, not one of them came out sick. Not one of them came out lame. There was none of them that weren't healthy. Amen. And God gave them this covenant. He said, if you keep my commandments, if you follow me with all of your heart and strength, I will be there. You will not be sick. You will not be lame. But you know, by the time Jesus comes on the scene, the state of God's people is in utter disarray. It was never God's intention for His people to be laying lame and blind and sick at a pool waiting once maybe a year for the possibility of being healed. It was never his intentions for God's people to be like that, beat down, but they were so far lost of where they had started from. It really was a disgrace. 
you could see how the Romans could think that, why would you trust in this God? Look how pathetic your people are. Look how your leadership is compromised. They were so far from the days of Moses and Joshua. If you want to say it was a disgrace in the Aramaic, you can. But in the Greek, the house of grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, I might make a mess of things. I might not be where I should be at times. I might have made, there are times I've made a mess of my life after I've given my life over to the Lord. Amen. And sometimes it seems like, oh, Brother Jeff, you're a disgrace. But I want you to know, amen, I serve a God, amen, who reigns over the house of grace, amen. When I come in, he's ready to make me whole. He says, Jeff, you might have messed things up, but I'm going to fix it right now in just a moment. Amen. Hallelujah. The house of grace. Now I'm really going to Now I'm really going to mix things up on you. The smoke's going to start coming out of some of your ears. I just know it. In the Hebrew, Bethesda can mean both house of grace or house of disgrace. Ooh, what? How can a word mean two polar opposites? Well, it can. Have you ever heard of a contraire? What's it called? A contrarianism? Contrarianism? A, con- uh, a contrarianism. A contrarianism is a word that means the opposite. Two meanings. Okay? It's in English. It's actually like a synonym, antonym. It's a, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Contrarianism. Right? Anybody, am I pronouncing that right? Any English majors out there? No. Anyway, okay, I am, yes. I'll give you a couple examples, right? If you came up in the 70s, hey, that's bad. <laughs> does that mean that's bad or is that good? Oh, man, man, that's bad, right? You would say that, right? Somebody come in, they're looking good. Oh, man, you're looking, that's bad. That's 70s. Now, today they say, we used to say in the 70s, oh, that guy's a dope. Now we say, oh, that's dope. Well, I don't say it, but that's what, that's what these kids say. They go, man, that's dope. Now, some of you are like, what? Never heard that. But that's what they do. Okay? How about this? I was at work. Somebody gave me their financial statements, and I overlooked them. How many think that I forgot to look at them? How many think I looked at them? Overlook. It can mean both the same thing. It can mean I looked at them, I overlooked it, or I overlooked it, I forgot to look there. Right? How about in the Bible? Cleave. 
What does cleave mean? Broken into two. The rock. Grab and cleave. You see, there may be a misunderstanding and a debate amongst us mortals, but God is not confused by his meaning or his scripture. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, What may seem like confusion is perfectly laid out by God. Amen. God is able to cover all of our infirmities, all of our shortcomings with his mercy, with his grace, with his love. Amen. There's nothing that you and I can do that God cannot come in and say, I'm going to make things new in your life. Uh, There's nobody out there that's too pierced up. Uh, Nobody that's too tattooed up. Uh, Nobody that's too drugged up. Amen. Uh, Nobody that's been in prison too much. Uh, Nobody that's been a runaway too long. Uh, That God can't say, uh, I'm ready to make things new in your life. Uh, Amen. All we got to do is bring them into the presence uh, of the Lord. Uh, If we can bring them into Bethesda, into the house of God grace if we can bring them into the pool of Bethesda the place of running waters if we can just bring them in to God's house of mercy amen and let the spirit love on them through us amen God will build a house that will last for all of eternity amen and this is what it is praise God I think it's a bigger picture. Who's running? Sister Kathleen, are you the musician for this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close here in a little bit. You see, I really believe that this Bethesda really means house of disgrace and house of grace because I think there's a bigger picture of what God was doing here you see in the law itself that God gave Moses it had no authority and no power to change a man all it could do was show you that you were you were needing that you were short amen and all it did was show you that you were nothing without God amen in fact the writers Paul says it was a curse unto man because all it showed was that in all of everything you're going to fall short in what you're trying to do for God the best it could do is to get you at a place amen when you can compare it to the Old Testament and the New Testament it's those their covenant was so much less than ours that it's almost like being where you have an infirmity and you can't do anything about it 
Oh, that I could change my ways. Oh, those Old Testament writers, oh, if they had what you and I had, they saw glimpses and shadows of the Holy Ghost, and they didn't always sometimes understand what they were preaching and teaching on, but if they could have what we have, amen, they longed, hallelujah, for God to live inside of them, but it was different. All they had was that old law, and it was like a watch on their wrist showing them that they couldn't make it, that they couldn't fulfill it and they were just lame and what Jesus was doing what God was doing at Bethesda he was ushering out an old covenant of disgrace and he was bringing in a new covenant of grace and mercy hallelujah it's not by your works hallelujah it's by his grace amen mingled with my faith that God is going to make me whole and make me well hallelujah God was ushering something so much more than just healing of this man who had been lame for 30 38 years God was fixing to change the whole thing and usher in a new a new covenant a covenant of grace and mercy and it all started at the house of grace amen this is when God was revealing to the world this covenant was of grace and it was at Bethesda the house of grace God was taking the house of disgrace and turning it into the house of grace. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that somebody brought you to the house of grace? Amen. And now we are the benefactors of this covenant of grace when he shed his blood and paid the price. Praise God. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 13, we call it the love chapter. Verse 10 says this, When that which is in part or imperfect, or when that which is perfect comes, that which is in part or imperfect shall pass away. Now I know the context of that is dealing with the gifts of the Spirit, when Jesus comes, amen, and we are reunited with Him, there will be no more need for tongues and prophecy and miracles because that which is perfect we will be in the presence with. By the way, that is not stating that when the Word, when the Bible is published, that the miraculous will be done away with. Now that is a doctrine out there that some... People mistakenly teach that we are no longer in the days of the miraculous because the Bible's perfect. But that's not what that scripture is referring to. It's referring to when Jesus comes and we are reunited with him in the clouds and so shall we ever be with him. Then these gifts are no longer going to be needed. So I understand the context of it, uh, but the principle of that is a biblical principle that God always uses. He says, when that which is perfect comes, that which is imperfect shall be done away with. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
You see, when the covenant of grace was laid out, that was the perfect covenant. And then that old covenant was set aside. We are no longer under the covenant that God gave Moses, but we are under this new perfect covenant that was shed by the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. That old covenant has been done away, and now there is a new covenant, even Abraham's covenant of circumcision has been done away and now there is a perfect one where God circumcises the heart. Amen. A work that only he can do and it can't be done by the hands of man. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope that this message will stay with you. We are part of this perfect covenant. Amen. A covenant of grace. The house of grace. Don't ever let anybody think because you messed up on Friday or Saturday that you're not worthy to come in on Sunday. Don't let anybody... Don't ever feel that way. Amen. None of us are worthy to come into the presence of God. It's only by His grace that I'm here today. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord.